Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth and will shine in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Alright, so we started talking about what? People, places and what? And purpose. People, places and what? And purpose. And then we talked about the fact that people, places and purpose are determinants in life. Now, what did we identify, or what did we say determinants are? Come on, who can remind me? Remember, this is wisdom school. Talk to me. Who can remind me? What are determinants? Come on now. Factors that what? Decisively affects the nature or the outcome of something. Do we agree on that? Come on, talk to me. Do we agree on that? All right. So, we said that people... Places and your purpose will adversely or decisively affect the nature or the outcome of your life. And so we started talking about people. Now, I got a scripture wrong last Wednesday, and I want to give you the correct version. Uh, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 5, please. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's pick up from there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. First Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 11. It says, But I actually wrote to you, but actually, Paul speaking, I wrote to you, please follow this, not to associate with any so-called brother, with any so-called brother. It says, Do not associate with any so-called brother if he is an immoral person. So Paul identifies, or listen there, or with idolaters, or covetous, sorry, covetous, the King James Bible uses the word greedy. Okay? Or an idolater, or a, a reveller, or a drunkard, or a swindler. Not even to eat with such a one. So Paul was saying, now when he talked about not eating with such a one, now you, you, you need to follow this. Eating in the scriptures was like a sign of covenant. And that's why every time they, they, they had a covenant, they ate afterwards. So eating for them was not just that I'm hungry, you brought food. No, it showed a sign of fellowship. So what Paul was actually saying here is that if you identify that a brother is greedy, is, is sexually immoral, is a swindler, is a scammer, he says do not associate with them. Now, we must define clearly that we need to reach people for Christ. We need to preach the gospel, but we must also define the boundaries of our association. Because people will do what? Come on now. People will do what? Will decisively affect what? The outcome of your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, in Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20, the Bible says, If you walk with the wise... It says, walk with the wise and become wise. Walk with the wise and become wise. Or, he who walks with wise men will be wise. Now, the word become or will be means that at a point he wasn't. Yeah? Come on now. It means at a point he wasn't. Are you here or you're going home? You are here? Okay. 
Praise God. Now, it means that when the man started working with the wise man, he probably wasn't wise, but he became wise by the product of his association. So you need to note this. You become who you work with. You become who you work with. So even if you were not covetous, and you start working with covetous people, what's going to happen is that you are going to become what? Covetous. So, associations make men become what that association is, whatever that association is. So, if you want to change a man, you can actually change a man by changing his association. I'll repeat that again. If you want to change a man, you can actually, literally, change a man by changing what? His what? Association. Now, uh, a man by the name of Booker T. Washington, who was a slave and, and then rose up to become a leader and all of that, says, you become who you work with. Associate yourself with people of quality, for it is better to be alone than in bad company. I like that. It says, it is better to be alone than to be what? In bad company. You cannot solve loneliness by getting into bad company. Now, Proverbs chapter 22. Go to Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22. And go to verse 24. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 24. Do not associate with a man given to anger. Do not associate uh, with a man given to anger. Or go with a hot-tempered man. Or you will learn his ways. Look at that. And find a snare for yourself. The word snare is the word a trap. Now look at what what the scriptures is saying. It says, if you go with a man who is hot-tempered, it says, you are going to learn of his ways. Can you remember the scripture we just read? He that walks with the wise will do what? Come and talk to me now. Will become what? We become wise. So, if I'm walking with the wise to become wise, and then I'm walking with a hot-tempered man, I will become what? That's what the Bible says. It says you're going to learn of his ways. That means associations are learning points. Now, this learning might be conscious or unconscious. Are you following this now? Come and talk to me now. Are you following this now? So, I wrote here in my notes... I said, habits are transferable. Habits are transferable. It says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one who is easily angered. Or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared or trapped. Which means that you learn their habits and their habits now become a trap for you because you are now hot-tempered. So I wrote here in my note, I said, habits are transferable whether consciously or unconsciously. And that's why the, 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 the whole thing about association is critical. Now, if we read, read, let's read from the message translation. Let's read from the message translation. Look at what it says. Come on. Right? Don't hang out with angry people. Don't keep company with hot heads. 
Everybody, I want you to read this line. Everybody, look up. Everybody read it. One to go. Bad temper is contagious. Don't get infected. Wear your mask. Can you see this? Did you see that? That bad habit is contagious. Do you know what it means when they say disease is contagious? It means you can catch it. So, let me put it to you that most of the habits you have today were caught from your dominant company. You actually are acting like your friend unknowingly. Because habits are contagious. So, it's easy to change the habits of a man if you can change his company. And this is powerful. This is powerful. You've got to listen to this. It's easy to change the habit of a man if you can change his company. That is why one of the greatest prayers you can pray for your children is that the Lord will lead them to have the right friends. That's one of the greatest prayers. Not just for your children, for yourself. Because some of you have bad friends, but you justified it. And some of you are bad friends, actually, that people need to pray that you should not be their friend. Come on now. Yeah, we've got to tell ourselves the truth. Some of, some of ours are not the best influence in the life of our friends. Are you following this now? Look at this. Don't hang out with angry people. Don't keep company with hot heads. Bad temper is contagious. Don't get infected. You've got to pay attention. You've got to pay attention to this message. You've got to pay attention to this. It will change your life. Habits are contagious. So, if you pick the wrong people, you will pick the wrong habits. If you pick the wrong people, you will do what? Pick the wrong habits. This is life changing as you're going into next year. Most people are doing all the prayers, they want a good year, they want a fantastic year, but they are not doing the right things. This is how you change the year. You change the year by predominantly reviewing your associations. Come on, are you following me now? Alright. Let's look at this. Your companions will ultimately determine your fate and outcome in life. You know, people say, Sarah, Sarah, what will be, would be. That's not true. What will be, will not be. Who you work with will determine what you would be. Life doesn't just happen. Associations determine our outcomes. Come on, everybody say, my association will determine my outcome. And that's true. And that's true. You know, most times, we're so, we're so, uh, everybody right word, we're so particular about the dress we wear, particular about the, the food we eat, particular about everything concerning our life, but most of us are not particular about our situations because we plug into our situations by default. Right? You see, who Paul was warning the Corinthian church about. He says, if there is a so-called brother who is immoral, if there is a so-called brother who is covetous, he wasn't warning them just about people outside the church. He was warning them about people even in church who are carnal. 
So you, you, you can have a brother in church who is carnal. You, you gotta watch it. Because if you get close to him, his carnality will rub off on you and you discover that your enthusiasm will begin to drop. And that's what forms circle of gossips in church. I mean, you, you don't have people gossiping about the church who are outside the church. The people who gossip in church are people who are in church and they'll find everything bad about the church, but they won't leave. And so they create an association of, the, and then they have their own uh, trend. And then they have their own group. And you know, you, you, you find it so funny that people talk about the way the church should be, but God never calls those people to plant a church because they know too much to be pastors. Hey, if I was the pastor of the church, I don't know what I'm doing. the pastor of the church, and God never calls you. It's amazing how many people know how to run the church, but they can't run their lives. Come on now. How many of you know that we are experts in other people's life and sometimes failures in our own lives? Because it's usually easy to point things to people and say, you've got to do this. You're not, you're not. And you look at your life and say, just take it easy. It's my weakness. Don't go tough on people and go less on your life. Go tough on your own life. And as you live an example, people will be inspired to live the right way. Come on, are you still here? Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 6 to 7. Proverbs 14, verse 6 to 7. I like this. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 6 to 7. A scoffer seeks wisdom and finds none. Why would the man seek wisdom and not find anyone? Because he's a scoffer. He would scoff at wisdom. He would laugh at wisdom. Huh? <laughs> Look at this. But knowledge is easy to the one who has understanding. Look at verse 7. Leave the presence of a fool. Leave the presence of a fool. Or you will not discern words of knowledge. This is powerful because we, we're moving tonight, if we can, into places. The power that places has on your life. Look at what the scripture is saying. It says that if you are in the presence of a fool, you will not discern knowledge. Which means that the atmosphere of foolishness will cloud knowledge. Why? Because the first verse we read before that, verse 6, says, He is a scoffer. He would not seek, he will not find wisdom. So what that means is that if you are in the presence of a fool who scoffs at wisdom, even when knowledge is coming, you will not be able to design this is knowledge because the foolishness in him scoffs at every wisdom. And look at the instruction of the scripture. It says, leave the presence of a fool. Stay away from fools, the scripture said. There is nothing they can teach you. That's what another translation says. He says, stay away. You know, jokingly, someone used to say, I can learn from everybody. I can even learn from a fool. I said, there are many wise people. Why choose a fool to be your teacher? It, it, it looks sensible, but I mean, there are many wise people. The Holy Ghost is there. The Scriptures is there. There are wise mentors. Why would you sit in the class of a fool? And that's what the Scripture says. In fact, the message from Jesus says, escape quickly from the company of fools, just in case there are more than one. Escape quickly from their company. Look at the haste 
with which it tells you to flee. Why? Because he knows that just as wisdom is contagious, foolishness is contagious. Come on, are you here? Look at this. Escape quickly from the company of fools. They are a waste of your time and a waste of your words. They would waste your time, they would waste your words. And this is very defining. And the scripture tells us, who is a fool? The man who says there is no God. People who do not live in the reverence and in the fear of God, the scripture says we should stay away from them. Most times, I wrote this in my notes, most times we are trying to change those we should stay away from. We are trying to change those we should stay away from. Then I wrote, what do you find on the lips of your closest friends? What are their conversations? What are their discussions? Come on, are you here? Let's look at three things. I, I wrote this and then we'll come back here. Let's look at three things. In Luke chapter 1 verse 41, quickly, go to Luke chapter 1 verse 41. Luke chapter 1 verse 41. When Elizabeth, go to verse 40, and go to verse 39. Now at this time Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to the city of Judah. This was after the angel visited Mary and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby lived in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at that. Have you ever taken time to pay attention to that? When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby lived in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit because she heard the greeting of Mary. And I wrote in my notes here that God, your God-given purpose and dreams can leap when you speak to the right people. And at the same time, they can be aborted or be killed when you speak with the wrong people. So the question I would ask you is that the people that you speak to, the people that are coming to visit you, what are they doing to your God-given dreams? Do you realize you can meet one person in this life and he ignites your dream and then you can meet one person in this life and your dreams are dead? Come on. Are you here? You see how powerful that is? She heard a greeting and the baby in her womb leaped. Sometimes what stops us from fulfilling the purpose of God for our lives is not because we, we are not equipped to fulfill that purpose. It is because we're listening to the wrong people and we're hanging out with the wrong people. And instead of the baby in our womb leaping, the baby is being suffocated. It's being killed. Come on, are you still here? Now, people will alter our perspective. I want you to take this story of Elizabeth very seriously and go meditate on it. 
What's happening to your dreams? When people speak to you, do they encourage the seed of God? Do they encourage the call of God? Do they encourage the purposes of God for your life? Or they kill those purposes? In John chapter 4 verse 35, follow me now. John chapter 4 verse 35, we're looking at people. John 4.35, it says, Jesus was saying to the disciples, look at this, verse 33, So the disciples were saying to one another, No one brought him anything to eat, did he? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Verse 35, Do you not say, There are yet four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, they are white for harvest. What did Jesus do when he came in contact with his disciples? He changed their perspective. He altered their perspective. Your association will alter your perspective. Come on, are you here? Are you still here? You know you can hang out, and listen carefully to this now. You know you can hang out with certain brothers. Let's talk to ourselves now, men. You know you can hang out with certain brothers, and your perspective of women is just limited to sex alone. Come on. Even if you don't know, say yes. Do we agree? Because every time they talk about a woman, come on, what are they talking about? It's either a girlfriend or sex or going out. So listen carefully. If you hang around those people long enough, it will alter your perspective of the female race. What Timothy says, he says, let every older, uh, every older man treat the younger ones as sisters with all purity. And when you hang around some other people, they will begin to make you see the value of a woman more than sex. So, when, Jesus, when the disciples looked at the Samaritan woman, they felt like, who is this? But when Jesus spoke to them, Jesus altered their perspective. And instead of just seeing a woman who was loose, Jesus made them to see a harvest. Come on. Are you following this now? Your friends will alter your perspective. Do you know you can have friends who will make you not have value education? Come on now. You sit with them all the time and say, ah, the richest person even dropped out of school. Bigate dropped out of school. They didn't tell you that Bigate didn't drop out, drop out of Delta State University. Huh? Even Dangote, which school did he go to? He's not certificate, he's certificate. And, and, and you think you're, jo- you're joking. You think they're having comments. What you're doing is they're devaluing your perspective of education. Are you following this now? Jesus altered their perspective. They saw a Samaritan woman who was loose. Jesus says, no, this is harvest time. You sit with men and everything they talk about is girls, their backside, their front side, their lipstick, their hips, their lips, their fingertips. And you now start battling with lust, not because you originally had lust, but your dominant conversation has changed your perspective about a woman. Are you following this now? Yes, sir, Williams. God will follow. <laughs> Are you following this? <laughs> you, 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 you realize that people change your perspective. Listen, 
you can be a committed Christian and you sit with a disgruntled Christian who, who one pastor has messed up his life. By the time he finished talking to you about the church, you will not want to come to church anymore. Yes, change your perspective about commitment. Change your perspective about church. Change your perspective about the things of God. So your dominant associations will alter your perspective. Listen to this now. Because perspective is altered by communication. If I talk down on something, you will begin to see it down. If I talk up on something, you begin to see it up. I, do, you, do you follow what I'm saying? So, so your, conversa- your associations will alter your conversations. Your conversations will alter your perspective. So, your perspective today about many things came as a result of conversations. And that's why we're having wisdom school. Why are we having wisdom school? We are allowing the wisdom of God to alter our perspective. You know, you can sit under a preacher that plays down on biblical interpretation and all you want in life is results. You will not care to study the Bible. That conversation has altered your perspective. He says, it's not the days of doctrine. Forget Greek and Hebrew. These are days of power. <laughs> and you know what happened? You will just be power testy and very ignorant. Why? Because if you keep hearing, it's days of power. It's days of mystery. African demons don't respect theology. This is not English. It's fire for fire. It's going to alter your perspective of Christianity. So your association alters your perspective. And then if you sit where there is, you know... My wife is very funny. You know, sometimes she wants to teach. Then she say, eh, this scripture. <laughs> you know, she knows what she wants to teach. But then she now, um, okay, what, what, what is it? You know why? Because she's married to someone who, if she teaches something that's probably not, yeah, I'm going to like, yeah, you know, that's not the context. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, because of that association, what do you think would drive her study life? Accuracy. She would want to be accurate. I mean, and that's why, for instance, if you're teaching a woman, uh, as a woman, <laughs> she's teaching a women program, you're not going to hear your side. Women is your time. Women arise. It's your time. It's a time for what? Arise from where to where? It's not a liberation movement. You teach people the word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you realize that she cannot be teaching those messages because the first thing I'd like to say is where to where? How? What's the context? So, what I'm trying to say is, your perspective is changing, but you do not know because it doesn't show. But after a while, if you hang out with people who read books, come on, what's going to happen? Have you gone with your friends to the bookshop and they saw a book? They say, yeah, 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 yeah. This book is expensive. This is one pot of soup. You know, by comparing that book to one pot of soup, can you realize that they have altered your perspective of the price? Because you're like, ah, pot of soup. Pot of soup means maggi, salt, pepper, veggie, blah, for one book, lie. How you like that? <laughs> Do you get it? But then you walk into a bookshop. I mean, I remember going, I was in a country and I went to the bookshop. And I, I was buying books, I was buying books. And the, my pastor who took me to the bookshop said, wow, ah, you have made me to buy some books. He bought books. The reason is because when I walked into that bookshop, I was going to buy books. But imagine I walked into a bookshop, wow, this book is expensive. Hey, Jesus. Hmm, for book? Ah, what's going to happen? Will he buy books? Your dominant habit is because of your perspective. So, if you want to be on fire for God, 
talk about those who talk with those, sorry, who are on fire for God. Listen, if you hang around people who say, all men are cheats, men are no good, that's going to be your dominant conversation. Your dominant conversation is going to be your expectation. Your expectation is what you're going to receive. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? You need to tell yourself, I will have a good marriage, I will marry a good man, my family will be sane. It's, you don't have what is available, you have what you say. Mark 11, 23, 24. Glory to God. Come on, are you learning this? I hope we can get into geography today. Places today. Or we'll just make it people series. <laughs> uh, John 1, 41. I like this. John 1, 41. John chapter 1, verse 41. John 1, 41. Verse 40. Let's start reading from verse 40. Mm, okay. Verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak... And followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Verse, verse 41. He found first his own brother Simon, and he said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon the son of John, you shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. And I wrote this down. Your, your, your associations will invite you into their space. And I like this about this. You know what happened? Their brother huh, found Simon Peter and brought Simon Peter to Jesus. And you realize that by Peter meeting Jesus, Peter's destiny was altered and Peter became the one who spoke on the day of Pentecost. How did Peter get to meet Jesus? Peter's brother invited him into his space. Your friends will invite you into their space. Now, this is what's going to happen. Listen very carefully to this. When you become friends with someone, listen to this now, they open up their space. You need to pay attention to this. Now, when they open up their space, their, whatever their space contains will become part of what you inherit from. So, let me give you an example. If you become friends with me, the, 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 the truth of the matter is, after a while, you will get to know my friends. And so, by my association with you, you are invited into my space. So, whatever is my dominant space would become the kind of people you will meet. It's the same way nobody in this world sees where, uh, well, I don't know whether to do that now, but nobody sees uh, a herbalist, a babalao, doing sponsored Facebook adverts. But if you check through people, many people have, have gone to visit Habalist. And how did they do that? Multi-level marketing with Habalist has been happening before the world began. One person speaks to one person and takes them into the bush that is not quoted. And you, you understand? Referral program has been on since the world began. And that's, the, that's how the Habalist grows. No complimentary card, no branding. It is about people inviting them into their space. By the time someone starts telling you, you can treat yourself by any means. If the man is just leaves he used, then he turns to the book of Ezekiel and says, the leaves will be for the healing of the nations. He says, even Bible said it. And then you are invited into that space. So listen to this. When you become friends with someone, you're not just becoming their friends, you're becoming friends with whatever is in their space. 
So sometimes, listen to this, and some of you will bear testimony to this. Sometimes it is not your friends that hurt you in that sense. It is the friends of your friends because they, your friend took you into that space. So if I want to associate with someone, the first question I'm asking myself is, how much space, what space is this one taking me into? Do you realize this now? Come on, are you seeing how strong this thing is? So, even you also, when people become your friends, come on, what's happening? You're inviting them into your space, into the space of what you've created. And associations will alter our destiny because by Peter meeting Jesus, Peter became an apostle and Peter began to serve the Lord. Alright? Okay, so note those three things now. Now, I wrote this in my notes. People have a way of transferring interests. So when you become friends with someone, one of the things they will do is they will transfer their interest to you. And you've got to watch that. Because what they are interested in is what they'll talk about the most. Right? How many of you think it's correct? Yeah. Okay. Now, let's look at some positives. We talked about the bad ones. Let's look at some positives. And then we go on. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25. I'll do a bit of geography before we close. And let us consider, look at this instruction, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And let us consider how to stare or how to stimulate one another to love and to good deeds. Can you see what he's saying? He says, you can also meet with people who stare you up. The good deeds. Now look at the next verse. Not neglecting the meeting together as in the habit of some. So if you meet some people who have the habit of neglecting church meetings, you pick up those meetings. I know there are some people who won't come to physical church anymore. They'll just do live streaming. And then you know what they are going to tell you? The world is changing. The world, COVID has changed the world. COVID has not changed this scripture. Of not forsaking ourselves and the assembling of ourselves together. But look at this. It says, but encourage one another and all the more do as you see the day join that. So it says there are some people you can associate with. And what's going to happen is that you would have to do what? Encourage one another. Strengthen one another. These people will stir you up for good works. I mean, it's like you have friends who talk about, man, I did three hours yesterday praying. I did study of the word. I did this. What's going to happen? You, you know, if you're not catching up with that, you're going to feel ashamed. Like, yeah, I need to pray. I mean, in school, we're doing prayer stretch. Sometimes we're out of competition, but it was good competition. And then if you have friends also who are talking about all the guests they have slept with and the number, you will want to also keep up with your gold medals. And so you realize that you can stir one another up to good deeds. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 11. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11. Come on, are you learning something this evening? Say amen if you are. Alright. I wrote this down while you turn to First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 11. I wrote this down. Staying spiritually sharp in your relationship will ensure... Those who draw near to you. If you stay spiritually sharp, if you stay spiritually sharp, it will ensure those who come close to you. Now look at this. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another. 
and build up one another as you are already doing. So you realize that at a point, Paul says, hey, come on, be careful of the people you work with. In another space, Paul says, build one another up, encourage one another. So if you have friends who encourage one another, who builds up one another, it's going to affect your destiny and your purpose. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. You know, as I was studying for this message, I was reading this scripture, and it, I, I mean, I just saw it from these lights, and I was really excited about it. But look at what it says. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour and the hour of prayer. Now, when we read the scripture, one of the things we see a lot about this scripture is the fact about the beautiful man that was raised at the gate. Right. But you realize that if they were not going for prayer, the man would have not been raised. Come on now. So they had a habit. Come on. At three o'clock in the afternoon, they went for prayer. Peter and John, what do you guys do at three o'clock? <laughs> Praise God. Come on, talk to me. What do you do at three o'clock? So he says, Peter and John, we're going up to the temple at the ninth hour. The hour of prayer. So when it was time for prayer, Peter and John said, come on, let's go to prayer. How many of you know the story of Daniel? Come on, when the king told him, what did Daniel say? Daniel said, hey, he called Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He said, come on, let's pray to God. That means you should have friends. Come on, do you have friends who you pray together with? What kind of partners do you have? You are like, have you heard? Say, is it just hot? Say, yes, I'm coming. I'm, I, I don't want to bait again. Let me hear it hot. <laughs> Glory to God. Come on, do you know that you can have friends who sustain godly habits? Talk to me, church. You can have friends who sustain what? Godly habits. So at 6 o'clock, Jumbo and James came for Bible study. Not like you have... Time when, when you have friends, when it's Bible study time, that's when they want to go make their hair. It's like, at three o'clock, Peter and John went to the Baba Saloon. When it was time to pray. Do you realize Jesus went to that temple to read because the scripture says that was his custom. You must have customary habits. You know how they got Daniel? They say, we know his custom is to pray three times a day and he will open the window. So it means that the friends of, even the co-workers of Daniel in government knew his godly habit. The scripture says, let's build one another up. When last did you ask your friend if they prayed? When last did you ask your friend if they studied? When last did you ask your friend if they were in church? And sometimes those of us who are believers, when we get in the midst of our friends, we want to drop our habits for their habits. So they're asking you if you are follow, following Big Brother. You are, follow, are you following? He said, yeah, so I follow small, small. <laughs> are you following this? Then you ask, are you following the series that Pastor thought? And you say, uh, yeah, Pastor is still doing for this course. I know. You are two months behind. Come on, are you following this? So you've got to have friends who have godly habits. Go to Acts chapter 4 verse 13. Let me, oh man, this thing about people is so good. Acts chapter 4 verse 13. We'll do a bit of geography today or... Don't worry, I mean, we're not, we're not in a hurry. So we'll just keep building. Get up to part 7 every Wednesday. Just do school of wisdom. Maybe to the end of the year, I don't know. Acts chapter 4 verse 13. I want you to get everything. I want you to get everything. Acts 4 13. Now, 
as they observed the confidence of Peter and John. Come and look at this. And understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. They were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Do you realize, come on, can we read the message translation? Do you realize something? The boldness and the courage of Jesus got on these two guys. Do you realize what I told you at the beginning? That uh, the habit is transferable? They looked at and said, where did these guys get this courage from? Because this boldness, they couldn't take their eyes off them. Peter and John standing there so confident, so sure of themselves. So that means there are people you would walk with and your self-esteem will be intact. There are people you would walk with, they'll take away from your self-esteem. Their fascination deep in them, when they realized they were two laymen with no training in scriptural formal education, they recognized them as companions of Jesus. So, the boldness, I mean, come on, when Peter and James and all of those guys saw Jesus heal the sick, saw them do all of this, what, what's happening? What's happening? They were catching on that boldness. And even though they were in school, after a while, they caught up that boldness. And this is so true. I, I, use, I use the laptop a lot. I use the laptop a lot, daily. But I never went to a computer school. My, they wanted to put me in a computer school. I don't know what happened. Either they paid the registration or they didn't finish paying or something. I know they just showed me a computer and then the next week they told me that I should leave the class. I don't know what happened, why I left or something, but it was not my fault. You know, then you have to go to a computer center to learn computer or something. Then I had a friend who had a laptop. You know, his brother sent him a laptop. And he was my friend in school. And from there, that's how I learned how to type. That's how I learned everything I learned about the computer. It was just from working with my friend. We will go for um, overnight browsing. It was cheaper than maybe 300 all through the night. We will carry, what's that thing? Uh, that diskette. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure people don't have an idea. Diskette. You know, we put out diskette stuff and download stuff. How did I get the computer skills that I have today? I was a companion of a man who had a laptop. That means skills are transferable. Boldness is transferable. Courage is transferable. If you don't know how to pray, hang out with praying men. You will learn how to pray. If you don't know how to study the word, come on, how many of you, your word study life improved that you started coming to church here? I know most of you like, the Bible study is too much. Like, pastor, just read one verse and talk. And here you are like, one service. Turn to Matthew. Turn, you know, sometimes I see people come here excited, you know, and you're preaching. After like, turn to Matthew. Turn to John. You know, after a while, they just say, oh, yeah, you do the turning. We'll do the listening. Like, you're tired. Oh, yeah, you turn. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, ah, it's too much. <laughs> do, you, do you get it? So when you come to a place like this, there is an appreciation for scriptures. Are you following what I'm saying? So, things are transferable. Write that down. Write it in capital letter. Things are transferable. Habits are transferable. Customs are transferable. Come on now. Attitudes are transferable. If you walk with those who don't greet people, after a while, you will not greet. Because there are you two, they greet. Yes. Everything you go greet. Everything you go greet. Then what will happen? You begin to lessen. You begin to lessen. You know, sometimes you can have good habits and get into bad associations and then they will now trim your good habits until it becomes bad habits. Come on, how many of you agree to what I'm saying? Say so you are greeting too much. Everybody pass. You greet. Everybody pass. You greet. It's too much. Did they answer you now? Say it's true. They did not answer me. What will happen? You now begin to reduce. After a while, you now become like them. And this is so true. 
You know, sometimes this is the basic wisdom that is missing in the life of believers. Very spiritual. But the attitude is not connecting. Okay? Gents, uh, let's do this so I can, yeah, I'm not sure I'll be able to go to, okay, uh, thinking now. Let's go to John chapter 7 verse 15. Um, John 7 15, look at this, John 7 15, the, the, the New American Standard Bible. John 7 15, I, I just, it says 15, John 7 verse 15. It says, the Jews then were astonished, saying, how has this man become learned, having never been educated? Do you realize that what they said about Jesus was what they now said about the apostles? This was what they said about Jesus in John 7, 15. Years down the line, they said that same thing about the apostles. That's how the anointing is transferred. And I was so glad, one day someone mentioned something to me, that you know, we had an encounter with someone, and the person was you know, not so excited about scriptures, excited about certain things, and then the person began to just in, in, I mean their own capacity began to defend the scriptures. And I'm glad. The reason is because the person has been spending time listening to the word. And so, after a while, you know, some of you right now, you can actually teach the Bible very well. And the reason is because when you constantly listen to a Bible teacher and you're doing your own studies, your confidence will begin to rise. You'll begin to speak. So after a while, you discover that those things are transferable. Proverbs 20, 12, 26. Let's, let's do that and then we'll do geography for like 10, 15 minutes and then we can close for today. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 12, 26. Proverbs 12, verse 26. That will be all for people. Proverbs chapter 12. Verse 26. It says, The righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the, w- the way of the wicked leads them astray. Do you have the New King James Version? The New King James Version. Check if you have that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Look at this scripture. The righteous should choose his friends carefully for the way of the wicked lead them what? Astray. So that is the final word for people. Be careful when you choose your friends. Let's go to places. Let's go to places. Places. So we're done with people. So we're looking at people, places and what? Purpose. Okay. Let's go to places. First statement, places makes, makes us. The places makes us. Just as people make us, places make us. And places matter to God. So we have three opening statements. Places makes us. Places matter to God. Number three, in places you will meet people that define your life. Places makes us. Places matter to God. In places you will meet people that define your life. Let's look at the example of Jonah and Nineveh, the city of Nineveh. You know, Jonah hated the city of Nineveh because he had a selfish heart against God's leading in his life. Jonah moved out from that city in the hope that God would judge them for their sin and destroy them and their city. God accused Jonah of having more concern for his own lives than the lives of those who lived in that great city. Now, what I'm going to teach you, it's 
Very important. Many people do not factor that their destiny is connected to places. And I've seen that, especially in our generation. A man can just get up and decide, I'm going to look for greener pastures. Or I'm going somewhere. And they never take time to pray and say, God, do you want us to be in that city? You see, let's look at something. Acts chapter 7 verse 26. Let me say that before I say this. And I've had this understanding. I mean, I bless the, the name of the Lord because he gave me this understanding quite early in life. And what, what, uh, Acts 17, 26. And one of the things that, that this understanding did for me was it made me not to desire to be anywhere. I, I don't have that desire. I wish I'm here. I wish I'm... No, 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 no. Look at this scripture. Acts 17, 26. Look at this. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. So, I, I know many people don't feel like it right now, but you're not a Nigerian by mistake. You're not a Bonian. Can we say you're a Bonian? What, what do you guys call yourself, Gideon? <laughs> you are not an islander. <laughs> you are not from Bonnie Island by mistake. You are not a Yoruba person by mistake. You are not an Igbo person by mistake. Are you following what I am saying? You were made from one blood and God had appointed and determined your boundary. Now listen to this. If, listen, I tell people, if God wants you in Australia for his purpose, he will get you there legally. This one of lying that you are not married, uh, lying to marry a white woman, collecting bank statements and falsification, God will not take you to a place with the wrong roots. You, you, you see, you've got to be, I know this is a touchy for a lot of people, but this is, the, this is the truth of God's word. So what this knowledge did for me very early was, listen, I desired to be where God wants me to be. And we're going, to, we're going to deal with this gradually. And you, you'd say it. That God is peculiar about geography. Are there natural factors in some nations that makes it more interesting to live in those nations than some others? I would be foolish to say, no. It's the truth. But what about if this is where God wants you? What about if God wants you to stay in this city for the rest of your life? I know some of you, in your mind, you are doing good for me. <laughs> Do you realize that because we have been conditioned by associations, by economic standards, by geography to just plug ourselves? You know, most times we just come here, Pastor, I'm relocated to Portacos. Uh, why? Uh, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. But this bunny, this bunny, there's nothing. I'm like, so the Lord sent us here so you can move out. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, of course, I'm not talking about where, for instance, let me, let me just put a disclaimer here. For instance, if you have a job here, and then your company sends you somewhere else, of course, you, that's, you know, that's, you, you, there's a platform for you to go there. But you know, the more you even work with God, you can come to a place where God will say, listen, this is where the company wants you, but I want you here. Come on. How many of you think that it's possible for the Lord to ask you to leave your job, to stay somewhere so you can fulfill purpose? This is where the rubber meets the road. 
Because then your wife and your children will just say, so what did you do? Shy, shy. <laughs> they laugh. KDCC. <laughs> Ogaga has taught you. You resign. That God wants you here. To do what? Say to look after teenagers. <laughs> you know the question they are going to ask you? Where we are going, are there no teenagers? You know, I remember when I was going to full-time ministry. And, and one of my big aunties called me. She said, I can give you a job. Then Delta State Poly was already. She said, I can give you a lecturing job in Poly. I know you always wanted to lecture. I said, but yeah, but I've been calling to full-time ministry. Is it that God is not using lecturers? <laughs> God is using them, but I don't know how God is using them. Do you realize that? But come on, this is, this is serious now. Because places will define you. Places will define you. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 8. We'll do five minutes and then we're going to pick up from this on Wednesday. You've got to be in church on Wednesday. This is for serious believers. There are some believers that can just pack themselves. You know, there was a time, and I'll give you a true life story. There was a time I actually, I've always loved missions. I've always loved to do missions in East Africa and plant churches there and everything. There was a time I was like, oh yeah, I think we need to go to Rwanda. We need to plant a church there. I'm, yeah, so I actually started registering this ministry in Rwanda. We were very close to getting the, the papers. So one day I decided, I said, let me just go to Rwanda and spend some time to pray. So I was going to South Africa to preach. I used Rwanda Airways. And I spent about three or four days in Rwanda just praying, just praying in the city. I was in a Catholic facility, just praying. And the Lord says, no, you have a law for this place, but I'm not the one sending you here. I didn't touch the registration. In fact, the, the, the person I was contacting for the registration, I didn't even answer his email again. You know why? Because my love does not accomplish God's purpose. And you know, let me be honest with you, if we made that move, most of you would not have met us here. Because so I think that was like maybe four years after we planted the church. We're eight years here now. So imagine all this school of wisdom. I'll be somewhere in Rwanda. You just say, there's one pastor that used to be in Boni. He's not in Rwanda. Ah, that man loved God. Oh. And God will just be saying, yay. Misinterpretation. <laughs> Come on. How many of you realize there was a time Paul wanted to go and preach in Vietnam? We're going to read that next week, next week, next week Wednesday. What did the Lord told him? You know, that word is strong. The Lord did not say, don't go. The scripture said, the Lord forbade him. You know what it means to forbid? To forbid is to, to, forbid, is to forbid, but A is inside. <laughs> it's like the Lord forbidding. It's like, no, A is not strong enough. Let's put A. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But you realize that? You know what it means for God to forbid you? It's like God saying, I, you know when you say God forbid? It's like God saying, I forbid you to preach there. And you know, if Paul had gone to Bithna, he would not have gone to Macedonia. And the whole lesson we learned about the Macedonia, we will never have it. Because Paul wanted to preach where God has not sent him. Like I said, this is serious business. You can't get up and go to any state and pitch your tent. There is a state for you. There is a city for you. Listen, some of you here, you're not here by mistake. I know some of you, it's his job that drove you here. But maybe that was the bait. And until you begin to realize... That geography matters to God. You would pick yourself and plug yourself everywhere. And walk out of the will and the purpose of God. And you know the funny thing? Nobody will be able to know except you and God. Last scripture. Then we can close. Uh, where did I say you should turn to? 
Deuteronomy 32 verse 8. Let's read Deuteronomy 32 verse 8. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 8. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when He separated the sons of man, He set the boundaries of the people according to the number of the sons of Israel. So it says, when the Lord divided the nations, He decided, this is where you'll be. I'm going to show you on Wednesday. When the scripture says, wherever the soles of your feet shall tread, I'm going to show you that on Wednesday. He gave Joshua the boundaries of where he should tread. He says, from here to here. So you don't go and tread in another man's land. He gave him the boundaries. Go read that scripture very well. Same thing happened to my dad. It was a time our ministry went through a crisis and then my dad wanted to go to South Africa. In fact, he had gone to South Africa. Now I was pastor in the church in Worry, and then he traveled, gone to South Africa, packed his stuff. Our ministry is actually registered in South Africa till, till date. Our ministry is registered there. And my dad was, was there. After a week, the Lord asked him, what are you doing here? He I've come to do God's work in South Africa. My dad said, well, the work I have for you is in Worry. Go back. And then he left and came back home. You know, I gave you those two examples. A man of God can miss it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, you know there's a way I can be preaching to you and you're not responding. Out of anger, I can go and plant another church. Let me go to, let me go. When they don't see me, they will know. And, and you, in your mind, you say, ah, man of God, man of God just like to go to the nations. And it's born out of anger. That's what happened to Jonah. The Samaritans and the Jews had a problem with Nineveh. They didn't like Nineveh. It was an anger that had been there. It's like two, two cities are quarreling. God now said, go and preach to that city so that they will repent. Um, Jonah said, God forbid. In fact, Jonah took off and went on a boat. You know the story. And everybody on that boat lost. So you need to be careful who is, who is on your boat. We'll deal with that again. Don't, get, don't let disobedient people hang around you. Sometimes the curse of their disobedience will rub off on you. So he came. And then the Lord said, go and preach. And when Nineveh <laughs> repented, the man was angry. Yes, the man of God. People repented. The man preached the man said, Did I not tell you that if I preach, you will forgive them? In fact, God, <laughs> Jonah wanted Nineveh to be destroyed. And that was the preacher. And you realize that if the Bible did not give us that history, we say, Man, Jonah was a powerful man. That's why Paul says, Some preach Christ out of envy. Why did I give you these examples? Geography matters to God. Places matters to God. And places will make your destiny. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father God, because you're helping us to realign our choices. And realign our, you know, just our mindset concerning geography, concerning places. We know some of the places we're in are not the best places in the world. But because you've called us there, we believe and we agree that the blessing of God will rub off on us. And spread into those places. And Father, I just pray right now, even lifting up our nation into your hand. We know that you have a purpose for us here. We know that there's an assignment for us in this nation. And we thank you because your will will be done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.